opportunities are there um, and property seems to continue to um, increase in value with no signs of slowing down anytime. So property investment is a really good investment to make um, outside of just having your primary residence. So y'all hey i'm experimenting with a different type of episode today so i normally in between long interviews will you know answer one question uh, on money financial planning or investing and so i'm gonna broaden the scope of what i'm doing and bring in experts on different topics to answer questions um, um, with me right so we have five questions today i have miss shirley caldwell ross today um, she is a expert in mortgages, uh, loan officer. Uh, thanks for being on today, Charlie. Thank you for having me, Philip. Um, and if you don't mind, let them know, you know, who you're with, um, you know, give them a little bit about your background, how you got in the business. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I uh, truly appreciate the opportunity. I'm a mortgage loan officer with uh, Guild Mortgage out of Southlake. I got into industry in 2009. Um, just kind of by fluke, but I happen to have a finance background and I love sales and this was a perfect mix for me and I absolutely love helping people get into homes. Awesome. My dream job. You you were in the right state for that because everybody moving here. <laughs> yes, sir. I hear people, you move back to California? No way. I'm here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So let's let's get into the first question we got. First question, should I consider uh, downsizing my home, um, you know, before or during retirement. What are your thoughts on that, Shirley? That's, that's a good question. Um, you know, it just depends on where you are. If you got a, a larger home and a uh, empty nester now, and you want to free up some funds to do other things, absolutely, downsizing is a good route to go. I, actually, I don't have anything to add to that. That's perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah no you're right you're right because a lot, a lot of people who i talk to when they retire they're like i don't want to worry about you know maintaining this big home i want to do more stuff and so yeah um yeah i mean i think i think our home when our kids are growing up is important but once you enter a different phase in life you know you just got to look at your options and getting rid of that home frees up the assets to do so many other things traveling investing so forth so yeah Downsizing is a good thing to do, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Question number two that came in. So, what? What are so? If you own a home and you're considering, you're looking at your retirement, and um, uh, you're you're planning that out, and you and you and you own a home. What are some ways that uh, home equity can help you plan for retirement better, speed up your retirement, or have more money in retirement? That's a good question. Um, if you got a home with some equity in it, 
and um, you can qualify to refinance the home um, depending upon what your interest rate is now rates are at a two-year low so refinancing now would be a great option to get cash out of the home to even um, buy investment properties or invest in a business or something i think it's a good idea okay okay and other things that i i've seen is i've seen um you know a lot, a lot and you know this right whenever you're trying to whenever somebody's qualifying for um, money for a house they look at how much money you make versus how much other debt you have and so you know i've been talking to a few people about go ahead and um, selling their home freeing up you know the ability to borrow more money uh, for better properties um, and reallocating the equity to a to a better price. And what I mean by that is, you know, as a, as a, as an investment professional, I'm always thinking about, you know, is the portfolio proper uh, positioned properly for the next five to seven years, right? Um, and right now, if you have a if you live in the suburbs in a safe school district, um, you know, those are relatively expensive compared to turnaround properties that are run down close to the city. Um, where people are moving and so I'm you know I'm just a big fan of saying hey if you want to you know uh, potential better growth on your money you know selling it freeing up that equity putting it into a turnaround project uh, that's in that in that area and that and letting now the bank since you no longer have that mortgage will allow you to borrow more to to help and um, to help pay for the property that you're gonna buy you know I, I've seen that help um, uh, you know plans from a mathematical standpoint, right? Right, and you do it right. Right, and because uh, I just read today that Texas is the 13th largest state now that you, not Texas, Fort Worth is the largest city in the U.S. And um, just knowing that the, the, the state is business friendly and a lot of businesses are moving here, people continue to move here, like, some ungodly number. I don't know what it is, but as you can see with the infrastructure, uh, this city or the metroplex is growing north, south, east, and west. So the opportunities are there, um, and property seems to continue to um, increase in value with no signs of slowing down anytime. So property investment is a really good investment to make um outside of just having your primary residence so investment property is just a great idea for this area i don't think you'll ever have a property that's not rented out mm -hmm. third, third question that came in how much should i put down when i'm buying when i'm buying my home the home that i live in that's a really good question i get asked that a lot because it all depends on your total credit profile, your credit scores, your income, your debt to income ratio, what loan programs you qualify for. You can go as low as 3% down on a conventional file, upwards to 20% down on a investment property. So it just depends, but in, in investment is definitely gonna be between 10 and 20%. Okay, okay. Um... And then, Conventional can be either three or five percent, and FHA is three and a half percent. You can always put more money down, but I would say hold on to those funds, and you can always make an extra payment on your mortgage 
here and there, I wouldn't put more money down up front unless you have to. Got it. Um, you answered that question. So question number four that came in, and you kind of you kind of answered this, uh, and I and I, I'll elaborate a little bit on it. But you know, the question was how much do I put down if I'm buying an investment property? And a, a, a lot of times, you know, and I, I'll kind of go high level and come back down, right? So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of being greedy when everybody's fearful and fearful when everybody's greedy, right? Meaning um, a lot of people only think about making money in the short term and they forget about the long term and they also forget about the story of the tortoise and the hare. And so, <laughs> you, you know, my, my opinion in this market is, um, you know, if you're buying an investment property, I think you, you said the minimum you got to put down is 10 to 20%. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually saying, hey, I would, you know, I would consider doing more in this environment, even though long term, right, long term, Texas market is, is attractive. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, hey, if you have some, some sort of short term hiccup, because there's more upside than downside in the global economy right now. Because uh, things have gone on for so long and everything's, you know, relatively um, expensive. I'm like, hey, get, put yourself a margin of safety in there. It's going to reduce uh, the returns that you're going to make because you're not using as much debt. But you got a bigger margin of safety when you're buying a uh, investment property deal. So it's going to force you to uh, be more patient, right? Find the right turnaround deal and then put in more cash. So that way, you know, um, even if the goal is to flip it, you know, you, um, uh, you know, you're in and you have more cash and you owe the bank less money, which reduces your, you know, your, your, your have to make money. Um, and, you know, and then if you flip it, great, you're out of it. But if you keep it, um, you, it, it's the math where you put yourself in a position where you can cash flow it, um, you know, no problem um, because you, you're, you're out less money. So that's, um, gotcha. mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's the risk manager uh, in me. Some of my real estate buddies are like, no, man, but, you know, you reduce the return. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, the name of the game is, like, staying in the game, you know? Like, right. In the game and the economy melts, like, you win, you know? But if you're, right. struggling, if you're struggling in the economy and it melts, good luck. Yep, and like you said, it's always subject to turn around so to put yourself in the best possible position then yeah it makes more sense to put more money down mm -hmm. um that's just you know that's just my two cents a lot, a lot of folks disagree with me i'm like cool we'll see <laughs> <laughs> well um, i happen to agree with you okay cool cool so last question this is actually a good one you know should i get a 15-year mortgage or a 30-year mortgage yeah, and it really is subjective to the individual. Um, I mean, if you can afford the monthly payment on a 15-year note, then by all means do that. Um, but kind of like I was mentioning earlier, if you can't afford it, but you know you um, have the opportunity to make bonuses or you get your tax returns or whatever, you can always pay more on your principal to reduce the balance, which is going to reduce the amount of taxes um uh, interest that you pay but um getting a 15-year mortgage if you can't afford it is definitely the best way to go okay okay and um th this this will be the first time we might have dip you know differing thoughts um 
for you know for 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 flexibility, right? I'm 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 a big fan of the 30-year mortgage only because you know my the math nerd in me is like, hey, like give me the number to the 15 and give me number for the 30, and we can manipulate your 30 into the 15, meaning like we can just like run the same, you know, similar payments, you know, like just say hey, yep. 15, you got to pay X, 30, you got to pay X, just plan to pay X, but you got the flexibility to only pay the 30-year if like you lose your job. If things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But but the trade off in doing that is if you do get the fifteen, you know, you, you get a you get a um better rate and it wait, which one gives you a better rate? Yeah, you get a better rate and it forces you to uh pay it off faster. So that's the trade off. But, you know, I love flexibility and so um, you know, yeah. my bias and it is my bias is towards flexibility. Maybe because I don't know. Maybe yeah. And when I have a client that uh, can't afford to do the 15 year, I run the scenario for the 15 and a 30 year. And we do a side by side comparison and every single one has ended up taking the 30 year because they do have the option to pay as if it is a 15 year. But if something happens, like you say, they can always fall back on the fact that they don't have to come up with that higher payment because they have the 30 years so in that case flexibility is definitely key mm-hmm. yeah yeah but but, but, it, but it's funny but as i you know if i were like if i were like 50 or 55 and i was buying another house and i was like n- no more kids i had money you know i was you know um not at risk i might do a 15 just to force myself to pay it off so that's why i think this is a good one for you can really go you know it's good points for both um, yeah, especially if you got, you know, a, a big enough down payment to keep that 15-year note low enough where you can manage it each month. That's a great option. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and so we got, I, I actually have a few more questions for you that, you know, we answered questions that came in. I got a few more questions for you just about real estate in general. Be, be, because you're from California, um, and so and so you live there in the expensive market, like, in in that area, like what was the square foot, you know, price per home over in, you know, big cities in California? I spoke with my next door neighbor from, uh, I grew up with this gentleman from second grade all the way through high school. And he is now a realtor in Long Beach. <clears throat> we grew up in South Central LA. And I just asked him, you know, you got your MLS, pull up my address and see what our, our house is valued at. And the house is valued at four sixty five and I think it was about thirteen hundred square feet. Mm. Um, I don't have a calendar i mean a a calculator, so I can't do the math on that but um I think my mother bought that house in sixty nine for like sixty thousand dollars if that mm. fifty thousand maybe um and we're talking it's in what's considered the hood, South Central LA, but because everything is so priced out further west where, you know, Santa Monica, Malibu, all those areas, people are forced towards that direction versus having to go all the way out, you know, to the Inland Empire and so forth. So the housing market is just ridiculous for what you get, the, the, the square footage. 
versus what you get here. And last year we had an influx of people that moved here with Toyota and they were buying houses for cash and they had a bidding war because what they can get here compared to what they got there was apples and oranges is just completely different. And so I, I don't know. I have family that lives there and I think those people that were there and in the home before the prices skyrocketed are doing okay because they're um, enjoying the increase of the property value without having the higher payments. Those that are just moving there that are paying three, four thousand dollars a month for a mortgage, I don't know how people live. I don't know. <laughs> and in California, y'all don't have property taxes, right? Or are they not as high? How, how they that? have property taxes, but it's not as high because they're state tax. So it's really six in one hand and half a dozen other. Property taxes are here, high here because we have no state tax. And they're lower there because there is a state tax. So you're still tax, paying for it. The state tax is on your income? Yes. Okay. No, the only, only reason why I ask is because, you know, let's say you take somebody where, you know, you know, their house appreciates from 100000 to 400000 dollars but their income stays the same then their their kind of housing overhead stays the same versus in texas you know you get the same you know uh, you know house in oak cliff or pleasant grove that's appreciating the value that that's that that squeezes a lot of folks out here um because because mm -hmm. their 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 payments are going to go up because their property taxes are going to go up so the reason why i'm asking is I'm, I'm trying to figure out like in in you know in oak cliff or you know some of the places that are considered, um, you know, quote unquote, in the hood here too. Um, where, where are those at? Those are those are north of two hundred two hundred dollars per square per square feet now too, right? What, what, like you know, I don't really know. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, that's a, a realtor's question because I don't really get involved in that too much. I just do the financing side, but um, yeah. They are hurting. I mean, I've, I've heard people mention that, but I don't know firsthand about it. Unfortunately, I don't. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that, 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 that's why I'm doing my research, because because in that in that that's something like the arbitrage stuff that I pay attention to that can kind of give you, you know, insight to um, the, the short term length you have in the real estate market. You know, we, you know, long term is good. But in the short term, if, if that rises too fast, it's. um. It's not great, right? It's not great. With with, with the exception of, um, you continue to get huge influxes of people from California and New York coming here buying houses cash, and then it's a mute point, right? Because it's it's going to go up. But if they stop and yeah. that math is off, it's a uh, it's not a good not not a good situation. Right, but they're not going to stop. They continue to come, and they're coming here from everywhere um, mm -hmm. because it's just a good value for your money compared to so many other places right yeah, so yeah. you know yeah. if anybody's thinking about buying they they need to get themselves in a position to buy sooner than later right yeah no definitely definitely well i well i, I definitely appreciate your time and your expertise let it, let everybody know how they can reach you if they have any more questions on you know getting the mortgage financing credit you know getting insurance. all right perfect Thank you so much. They can reach me at 
888-627-2236. I take calls from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Um, you can reach me on Facebook at uh, Shirley Caldwell-Ross. Um, and I have a Facebook business page, Guild Mortgage backslash Shirley Caldwell-Ross. And of course, I'm on Instagram as well, Shirley Caldwell-Ross. Awesome, good information. I appreciate it. The information presented is for educational purposes and is not to be considered for financial advice. 